Welcome to the Glam Life Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Glam, and I've coached hundreds of beauty business owners to scale and expand their businesses. I did this myself with the Microblading Institute and Brow Sister PMU products, and I've created this podcast to help you turn your business goals into reality. We talk a lot of things beauty business here, but today specifically we're talking about management and burnout. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the importance of preventing burnout while also managing your salon. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) As a salon owner or a manager, it's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of running the business itself, but it's important to remember to take care of yourself and your team to avoid burnout. That feeling of um, no one appreciates me, I never have time to myself. There's always someone asking for something like, you know, all day long clients and other stylists and uh, the state wants something. And for me, I'm under several state agencies because I'm under the Board of Cosmetology and the Department of Health and the Board of Colleges. I got to answer all those people. And then right now it's also time for insurance. And I've got to work with my COO on all of those projects, which means often being asked the same thing twice or answering the same thing twice because I'm answering it when asked and then I'm answering it for my COO because she's actually going to do the like the written response or whatever while I'm working and then I get home and I got you know my husband is basically hunting me like a horny beast and then I have my two children who never leave me the fuck alone like can you see how bitter I'm sounding while I'm just describing it that's burnout that's what burnout is that's that feeling so how can you prevent burnout in your salon one way is obvious to create a healthy work-life balance so setting boundaries like working hours using that do not disturb feature on your phone don't text or call your staff outside of those working hours make time for yourself like regularly scheduled morning routine or beauty appointments so I'm not trying to cram my hair appointment on a Saturday when I'm quote off fuck no I built time into my schedule. I'm a beauty business owner. I own the business. I set the schedule. So I am going to be the one who says, hey, uh, Thursday from at, you know, at one o'clock, I'm out early. I'm going to get my hair done. On Friday, I'm going to get my nails done. I don't work on Friday at all, by the way, which is a, a new invention for me. I have just recently in the last month or two carved this out for me, but I had to for burnout reasons because I wasn't truly having time off. Yes, I don't work Saturday or Sunday. Revolutionary, I know. But I don't. I have really small kids. But that didn't mean I was off. That didn't mean that my brain could turn off and I was relaxing. Because then I had to do all the kids stuff. Birthday party, soccer practice, all that. Like, mom, can I have? Can I have? I want. Can we do? I, I wasn't off. So I carved a day off for myself. For a lot of people, that's Monday. But I work Mondays because that's when I'm coaching my beauty businesses because my beauty business students are closed on Monday. So that's when they want coaching. You see? You see? So And circle gets the square. But um, yeah, just creating those regularly scheduled things. Like I, I don't go, I don't answer the phone or work until 8.30. My kids are at school by 7.30. So I have an hour to go to the gym. And there's a small, like mild component of that that is socializing because I see a handful of people that I know at the gym, not super close, but I see them and I say good morning and small talk every once in a while, but also it feels really good and high achievers love to get their blood pumping early in the morning anyway. It feels really good to be working on, um, you know, like the, I do, um, what do they call it? 
of 15.530. So you put the treadmill on 15 incline uh, at speed five for 30 minutes. I had to work my way up to this. It really burns your ass, man. You're at my, that ass is lifting, honey. But I'm seeing progress in my actual self. When, you know, previously I was seeing pictures of myself and thinking, damn, my arms are starting to look really flabby. And now, you know, I'm, I'm out here rowing in the morning and I have time for it before I couldn't figure out when the hell I would get any time. I'm so busy. We'll stop being so damn busy. The salon being busy does not mean your kids get less mom. It does not mean that your husband gets less wife. It means that you get a second manager or you pay your current one more if she doesn't have a ton of obligations. It's also really important to delegate as many tasks and responsibilities to your team and allow them to take on more leadership roles whenever possible. So promoting from within is what I'm talking about. That really creates a reason to keep trying. If every time there's something new, I don't give management a crack at it. I am always just hiring on. First of all, you're going to have too many chiefs, not enough Indians, as the saying goes. I don't think that's PC anymore, but I'm too tired to think of something new. <laughs> Burnout. Um, I Yeah, I think that it also kind of tells the people who are working so hard for you every day, I don't value you enough or I don't think that you can handle more. Now, you don't want to give too much. You don't want to give too much. I lost an amazing front-end manager to burnout. Her name was Katie. Hello, Katie, if you're listening to this. I love and adore you. As you know, we continue to be friends. But Katie likely, she never voiced this to me, but if I'm guessing, Katie likely felt undervalued and overworked. I have really just done a postmortem on this more times than I can count, and this is what I've come up with. We gave her more and more to do because she continually volunteered to take on more and more. And she was good at it. She's very personable. She's not incredibly organized, but we kind of set up the organization for her. So she was still thriving in the positions that we were giving her. But a successful manager needs to realize that I need self-care time and downtime. And so does my staff. So even if Katie didn't realize she needed some downtime, some personal time, I should have realized it. Because you know what, another way to kind of prevent burnout is to prioritize self-care and wellness for yourself and for your team. So you should really honestly be encouraging your team to take breaks, to practice self-care, to prioritize their own well-being. Like currently, um, my most recent example of this is I felt like my COO was overwhelmed and overworked. And honestly, that makes you a little bit less useful. And, and anytime that there's a ton of negativity in the room, I don't want to be around it. So I don't even really want to like work on new projects or discuss things because all I'm hearing is, no, we can't. Uh, mm, I'm so aggravated. And, and that is a sure sign of burnout. So in, I had to have the emotional maturity to think to myself, she's not being ugly or negative with me. She's frustrated in general. And even though that's off-putting to me, I have to think forward of that. So I actually gave her, you know, uh, every, I don't know, it was something like 15 days, 10, 10 to 15 days off, somewhere in there. It was like just before Christmas um, until after the first business day after the new year because that's when the kids were off and she has three kids and she works from home. She's remote. So I she needed the time and I recognized that she needed the time. So yes, that does mean I'm going to pick up a little bit of slack, but also, you know what? <laughs> what do the kids say? Fuck capitalism. I, I also just said, hey, yo, I, I re-recorded the business voicemail. I said, hey, yo, we're closed. 
It's the holidays. We're closed. We're closed. Have you ever said that? Does it, doesn't it feel good? Say it right. Say it with me. Hey, we're closed for the holiday. Wow. Beauty businesses do not get to close for holidays. That's supposedly like our busy season. This year was a little bit slower for everybody. Lean into that. We're closed. I'm at home with my kids. She's at home with her kids. Yeah. Yeah. Revolutionary, man. Rest. Relax. Someone being very good in a position does not mean they should be leaned on 24-7. That's where I fucked up. That's where I fucked up. I gave Katie too many tasks. And when I realized it and pulled back a handful of those, it was too late. She was overworked. She was tired. The spirit was willing, but her body had one foot out the door. So it's usually not the money, by the way, if you were thinking you should have just paid her more. First of all, I couldn't. And secondly, it's it's usually not the money. I had someone quit once during a raise. I was proposing a raise to someone. and Now, she was overworked, but she was also overindulged. And she was entitled. <laughs> and I, listen, <clears throat> I will not play the blame game. I know who is responsible for what. I did the deep work after that breakup. Gary Vee's book, The 12 and a Half, helped me um, a ton. It granted me a lot of clarity on that situation. I had a hand in creating that monster by not setting clear-cut boundaries and enforcing them. Also, though, and you can quote me on this. You can put it on a t-shirt if you want to. Sometimes... Sometimes kind people are bad. No one has ever walked up to a little kid with bad intentions and not been nice to them. Oh, hey, sweetie, have some candy in the car. That kind of, that's how they get you, right? Like monsters don't walk up to you acting monstrous. You would run away, right? Sometimes bad people are kind. Katie was a great person. And she was very kind. She's too kind. It's actually a downfall of hers, which is how she ends up getting burned out. She takes on, takes on, takes on, and she volunteers it. Oh, I can help you. I can do that. And and she's selfless. She doesn't really think of herself and her own boundaries and her own. She's just too kind, you know? That was the difference. She is a good person at heart. This other chick, she was on a hustle. Those extra jobs she volunteered for, just like Katie had done, she wanted more checks, not to help. She was just counting my money, which, by the way, she counted my money back to me while I was proposing a raise for her. <laughs> she was like, well, the math's not mathing because I happen to know you personally made X amount of money in, in this last 12 months. Well, that was across several jobs, including full-time employment, and that has nothing to do with you you know then she wanted to run off with like the limited knowledge that she got from working for me for a couple of months thinking I could do this myself she assumed that I was using her because she was actually projecting that's what she was doing to me I was giving her a raise she was earning more than me temporarily at least my first year in business trying to keep a great employee as as my business was growing, bending over backwards, a quote-unquote great employee, right? Bending over backwards to please somebody else in my own home. Girl, bye. Bye. So go down the street and let's see if you can make the meals that I was serving because I really, really doubt it. Though, you know what? You might have the ingredients list, but the sauce ain't going to taste the same. <laughs> Truthfully, though, boundaries would have fixed all of this. It never needed to be this enmeshed. She never should have felt that entitled to my business or even my personal finances. Can you imagine? She never 
should have worn so many hats in my business. And she got confused. And that mixed with her hidden agenda led to this big blow up. And that's my fault because that is called poor management. That's what that is. So when I got to Katie, I had learned a lot already. I had policies, I had procedures. We're still great friends because we had these boundaries in place. I don't take that personally, that she left and got a 40-hour-a-week job with benefits. That's wonderful. And that's not something that the beauty industry can usually give you. Benefit, healthcare, dental? Are you kidding? So that's wonderful. I, I love that for her. There's a lot of love and respect there. So the job itself was simply too much for one person and she needed to move on. Boundaries would have fixed that. So as I start kind of doing a postmortem of that one and unpacking it and seeing, okay, well that's, you know, two swings. Let's see how I can knock it out of the park on the third swing and really start doing the deep work again. That's when I noticed it in my remote staff. We'd communicate anytime there was a lead, communication from a student, an idea for something new, a question, a password, an email, on and on and on. And we'd send out these texts like, don't answer till morning, but no, nope, nope. If you are never turning your brain off and leaving that business mentality behind, you're never actually off the clock. Burnout, burnout. Boundaries would have fixed this. At this point, though, it was obvious that I had bitten off more than I could chew. Um, I didn't have the infrastructure built yet to support this load of um, employment, basically. Even if the money was there, I didn't have the policies and procedures and chain of command and stuff in place. So it, it was also me becoming overworked, overtired. I was answering too many people for like 400 hours straight without taking a break. You know, I was just always, always answering. I felt like, damn, I hired all these people to take stuff off my plate. But I feel more exhausted than ever because I'm answering all of them all of the time. And then you start to feel a little resentful, don't you? Like, well, damn, I hired an assistant so you could handle this from me. And it's been over a month. If you can't figure out how to handle it without coming ask me the answer, why don't I just do it myself and not pay you? That's a management problem, babe. You're the problem. You are the problem. Truthfully, there should be some kind of... of well, boundaries. Honestly, boundaries would have fixed this. You need policies that they can enforce clear cut and you need a good chain of command. You don't come and ask the CEO every time you have a question. Girl, you better go ask your direct superior who can ask her direct superior and one of y'all got the answer. If it gets to me, somebody better be on fire because I, I have to be being actionable elsewhere, right? Clear cut expectations, job descriptions, job descriptions that we adhere to SOPs, standard operating procedure. This is your daily checklist. This is what you are responsible for. Hopefully in order, all listed out so that there are these very clear cut expectations of what and when and where. So when I realized this, um, before that tangent, remember I was telling you I was figuring out that I was burned out. So when I realized this, I scaled back and I slowly started kind of pulling myself out of it. I still type those reminder texts, but I don't hit send until business hours. I don't hit send until I'm ready to actually be part of that conversation. So even if it would be helpful and I'm up and moving around at 8 a.m., I'm not actually 
ready to be on the clock yet, so I'm not sending the text. Get it? I don't answer until 8.30 a.m., so I don't send anything till 8.30 a.m. I said do not disturb at 3 o'clock because that is when I leave the shop or close my computer and I go and pick up my kids, and they have swim practice or haircuts or dental appointments or whatever it is. When I leave the shop and get my kids, do not disturb goes on. I check it infrequently until 5 p.m. Hard stop at 5 p.m. No longer available. I am not available after 5 p.m. I also practice the Warren Buffett method of family vacations blocked in December for the next 12 months. So let's say it's uh, December 28th. I'm sitting here. I'm in between the holidays. I don't have anything to do. I crack open the computer. I put on my favorite Gilmore Girls episodes or maybe I watch First 48 because I'm a girl who loves coffee and also solving crime. Okay, so I can go either way. (laughs) But I put it on. I put it on a nice marathon and I start booking these appointments. And this is a I put this on a calendar that my COO has access to so she can see this throughout the the rest of the year she can always reference and check it so I don't have to be asked what are the dates over and over again she's never done that but I'm, you know wouldn't that be annoying so yeah it's a shared calendar she can clearly go and see it anytime uh, I actually also include I place deposits for these uh, non-refundable deposits so I can't even fuck with this right it's it's like set in stone I include the confirmation numbers, the dates, the flights, the hotel name, everything right there in the booking on the calendar. So there's a central place for me to find everything. So this does not become chores later throughout the year. Like here we go in September for my anniversary thinking, wow, I booked this way back in December. Where where are we even staying? What are the dates? When are we flying? What airline? It's all there. It's on the calendar and everybody can see it. So you can't schedule me a one-on-one Um, training. You can't schedule me meetings. You can't schedule a hair appointment, a dental appointment, uh, a client who wants to come. None of that can happen because those days are blocked. Those are for my family. We're going skiing in February. Mardi Gras is blocked off. Hey, Mardi Gras. Um, You know, anything for the kids school, if I already, if it's like a recurrent thing, um, like their school birthday parties, I'm going to be there, that kind of thing. What else? Oh, 4th of July, booked in December. Um, yeah, all of those little things. We, I, I pre-plan them. They are set in stone. That is time my family's going to have together, period. I am building a business, but I'm doing it around my family. I am not and will not ever raise a family around the needs and time schedule of a job. That's why I opened this fucking business to begin with, to own my time. So own it. So own it then. Do you own the business or does the business own you? Because if you are a slave to your business, if you're always working in the business and never on the business, you are not a business owner. You are an employee of a business. And you could do that for a whole lot less stress at Target. You could show up, put on your red shirt, work your job in a pretty pleasant environment overall, overall, get a paycheck and go home. Less stress, less obligation. But that's not, that's not what I chose. I chose to build a business around the needs of my family, which means if it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, we're closed because my kids are off school. And if my kids are having a field trip or if one of them's homesick, mom's there too. 
And I built the business to survive that, to be built around that. And that's really important because it's my why. And we can discuss whys in another another episode, but it's my why, right? I feel like that's such an overly used phrase in business. But yeah, that's why I opened the fucking business to begin with. So I stay the course. Shiny stuff is pretty, but listen, I've learned to say no. Does this serve the goal of my business? Which ultimately means, does this further the agenda for my family? How? If it's only an indirect serve, the answer is no. Honestly, it's also really important to create a positive and supportive work environment to show, for me, the people who work with me are also moms, kind of doing the same thing, right? So technically, no, they don't own their own business. They work for me, but I want to make sure that they understand this is a supportive work environment. So if your kid's sick, obviously stay home. So there's not like a set number of sick days that you have to take or I just need to know that your clients are going to be supported or that we have a backup plan in place. and, And that's fine. Because that was the whole goal, the whole vision of the business, right? So providing ongoing training, providing support for my team, um, promoting open communication, and really building that sense of teamwork. Personally, I like morning meetings for um, for leadership. So I have those meetings at 8.30 with my COO for about 10 minutes or so every day where we discuss the agenda, what's going on, what she needs to handle, um, with administrative work and then also anything with the team itself and then for the team I like to have those you know maybe weekly but they don't even have to be formal you just have to make sure everyone feels unified heard and supported so you can catch us at La Fonda shout out La Fonda on a Friday afternoon kind of uh discussing like the or even a Thursday after if we get off half day whatever discussing like the next marketing strategy let's say and and then boom now my favorite meal is a write-off and the team had some bonding and we all relaxed and we had a goal setting meeting so check check and check I'm living the life right now yeah so taking all of these steps thinking about these boundaries thinking about how to make clear cut um clear-cut expectations and then how to enforce these boundaries and reading the 12 and a half by Gary Vee <laughs> will help uh, to prevent burnout for yourself and also for your staff reducing staff turnover and create a healthy and sustainable work environment for for everyone involved so thank you so much for tuning into the glam life podcast join us next time as we continue to explore the world of salon management And as always, if you'd like to continue this conversation, you can find me on Instagram at victoria.glam.